How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of English Encore. I'm your host, Nick English. Thank you all for tuning in. Today, be doing some general Sabres talk, talk about Jack Eichel as he continues his phenomenal season, whether I think Linus Allmark is the goaltender of the future for the Sabres. Then we're going into some Bills offseason talk over their, some of their bigger name free agents on their own roster currently, and then eight names of players I think that they should target in the offseason. And finally, I'm going to go back <clears throat> from the beginning of the year and take a look at my game-by-game predictions and go over those for you guys. Um, so starting off with Linus Allmark, um, he's kind of been up and down so far as a starter in the NHL. In 2018, his first real year, um, I guess you could say as a starter, he really split between him and Hutton last year. Um, he went 15, 14, and 5 last year. And this current season, he's 15, 12, and 3. Um, he's definitely shown a lot more flash this year. He's definitely been the more consistent of the two goaltenders between him and Hutton. Um, hence why they've been riding Allmark through this recent stretch of games. I believe Allmark's played 8 of the last 10 games for the Sabres. He definitely has the right size for a goaltender. He fills up a ton of the net. And he's shown flashes that he can be a starting goaltender in the NHL. And I think he is a starting goaltender in the NHL. Um, but the big thing for Linus is he has to be a little more consistent. He tends to get himself a little out of position at some um, at certain points. The big thing with Linus that I like, though, compared to Hutton, it seems that Linus is more inept at making a big save at a critical time um, for the Sabres than Hutton is, which is key if you're going to be a starting goaltender in the NHL. Um, but like I said before, the biggest problem is consistency. Um, he tends to let in some of those weak uh, wraparound goals or under his blocker side for some reason he seems to let in some of those every once in a while. With the defensive core they do have in front of him though, it's kind of hard to judge him. They do have some talent um, with Darlene, Montour, Pilot, but it's just very inconsistent. They've been rotating um, using that seven-man defensive lineup. Um, so it's really hard to gauge whether or not Allmark is really um, a good goaltender or not, and if he can be the guy going forward just because the defense in front of him isn't great. Um, if anything, if he performed at a higher level, it would be better for him just because if he can do it with a weak defensive core, um, it'll only show what he can do once they fix that problem. But um Going forward, I'm not sure if he's going to be the guy. Um, I think for the rest of the season, they're definitely going to ride him. And I think he will actually be the starter next year too. But I think ultimately, Uka Pekalukinen, otherwise known as UPL, is going to be the guy of the future for the Sabres. He's got recalled to Rochester. And I think next year, he'll kind of play a role um, like Allmark did last year when they brought in Hutton. Maybe he'll play... Um, 20 to 25 games next year kind of break him in before they kind of give him the full haul the following season um, so the Sabres overall right now are 21 19 and 7 good for 49 points they're five points back of a wild card spot and seven points back of the third place in the Atlantic division um, Jack Eichel continues to just dominate um, the season he definitely should be in the conversation for the Hart Trophy. 28 goals, 32 assists for 61 points, and is a plus 11. 
And it's just shocking because the next closest player on the Sabres in points is Sam Reinhardt with 39. Um, you know, for the Sabres to be good, they really have to be balanced um, more on those second and third lines as far as scoring goes. I know Jack Eichel's a beast and he can carry you most nights, but he can't do it for a full 82-game season. Um, I think he's going to go well over 100 points this year. But for in order for the Sabres to make a, a playoff run here down the stretch, um, it has to come with some help outside of him. Um, just think about what the Sabres would be if they didn't have Jack. Um, I honestly don't even know if they'd have eight wins yet if they didn't have Eichel just because they have no other scoring besides really Reinhardt and Olofsson. And Olofsson's hurt, Skinner's hurt. They just announced Tades Thompson's out for the year, which I thought was kind of strange. Um, they said he was going to be out six to eight weeks, and that time was up. And then they said that his rehab didn't go well, and then they elected to have surgery. I just thought that was a little um, confusing. It seems like Rasmus Dahlin is really returning to form after his injury um, from a concussion. Really good sign to see for Sabres fans. Um, he struggled early on in the season, but he's really come um, back into his own these past four or five games, um, especially yesterday. You saw the moves he was putting on um, on the Vegas players in the offensive zone, almost scoring a highlight real goal. Um, the biggest thing that um, I think a lot of is on a lot of Sabres fans' minds is what's the next move for Bodrell and whether or not he really deserves another year um, as the GM of the Sabres. Um, it's very hard just because um, the one thing that Botterill has done very well is he's developed Rochester into one of the top teams in the AHL, um, going from one of the worst teams to one of the best. And I do give him credit in that. And it seems like some of our players are developing well down there. Um, you look at some of the guys that have been up this year between um, Asplund, Lazar, uh, Pilot. Just guys like that, um, they've really shown that they are able to play at the NHL level. Maybe they're not producing, but they show they can be up here. Um, the biggest thing I think a lot of people want to know is why guys like Zach Bogosian, Jimmy VC, Jake McCabe, Evan Rodriguez are still on the roster. Um, Bogo and Evan Rodriguez have both made it known they would like to be traded. However, until a few games ago when they played Detroit, um, I think it'd be very hard for any other NHL team to sell. Hey, we just acquired Evan Rodriguez from the Sabres, a guy who had zero goals until two games ago when he scored two against the worst team in the NHL in Detroit. Um, the Michael for a leak trade, um, I didn't mind it, but I don't love it. I did like that we got rid of Scandella. However, um, getting a fourth-round pick for him, or maybe it was even a fifth-round pick, I forget, but... And then trading that to get for a leak. Scandello, I'm not a huge fan of him, but he was one of your better defensemen this year. If you can only get that for him, I just don't know what you're going to be able to get for guys like Bogosian and Rodriguez who aren't um, great players and don't have a good cap hit either. Um, and I really haven't even noticed Michael for a leak since he's gotten here. He hasn't really done anything. Um, I've noticed him a little bit on um, the penalty kill, but other than that... Um, I just haven't seen anything from him to really think that that's going to be the move they need to make. Um, Botterill got interviewed yesterday by WGR, and he just kind of sounded desperate when they asked him about trades, and he said they're always looking for trades, but they haven't found one that's escalated yet. 
and just because other NHL teams know that he's desperate, but he needs to make a move because how much longer can we keep doing this before Jack Eichel's going to want out? Um, I would give it another maybe two years max. Just between the GM, coaching changes, um, not getting him help. If you don't get Jack Eichel help, he's going to want out. You know he wants to be here. You know he wants to win for this city. He wants to be a Sabre. But if you don't give him other pieces besides Olofsson, Skinner, Darlene, and Reinhardt, um, it's going to be a hard sell. And right now, it's very tough because I like Sam Reinhardt a lot, and I think they should bring him back um, at a good cap hit. It's just tough because maybe it is time to let him go and open a bigger picture. Maybe they can acquire someone else, and maybe getting a new piece in here can change things because we've had the same guys on the roster year after year between Larson, Gergensens, Reinhardt, Eichel, McCabe, Bogosian. Something's got to change. And I like to keep Eichel and Reinhardt as the two of those guys who have been here through the long haul. And especially with Eichel maybe wanting out potentially. Um, the biggest thing... Um, Botterill can do is bring back his best friend. I know that sounds dumb, but it's one way to try to keep him here. We do have about $35 million in cap, depending on what they do with the Poso, Bogosian, guys like that. Um, maybe we can have some more cap. But the biggest thing, reason why I just think Botterill, it could be his last year if he doesn't do something significant. Looking at the O'Reilly trade, it's just going to haunt him for the rest of his life. Um... This was from a few days ago, so the stats could have changed a little bit for O'Reilly, but 129 games played for O'Reilly, 36 goals, 81 assists for 117 points since he's been traded. And with what we got back, Tage Thompson, Berglund, Saboka, and we got a pick. We just don't know what he's going to produce in the future, but 175 games between those three, 15 goals, 19 assists for 34 points. That's just not good enough. When they were making that trade for to the Blues, they should have demanded for Robert Thomas. And Tage Thompson might be good. Who knows? He hasn't played enough in the NHL yet to see. Um, middle stat looks like a bust right now for Botterill. Um, Donaldine was kind of just a no-brain pick. Everyone would have taken him number one. But um, if Botterill doesn't do something significant throughout the rest of the season... Um, and keep the Sabres close enough to playoff contention or make the playoffs, uh, I think it might be time to move on in the offseason and bring in someone that's going to build around Jack. And it's almost getting to the point where Jack just needs to step up and say he needs help or he's gone. And I know it's kind of um, a lot of people might not like that from a superstar, but at this point the Sabres haven't made the playoffs and going on probably going to be nine years now. And it's time for him to kind of just step up and take control of the franchise. I know a lot of fans, like I said, probably don't like that. But um, what other option do we really have if he doesn't do that? Um, we don't. I don't know if I trust Botterill to get in another big guy um, to do anything. But we'll see. Um, they definitely have been playing some better hockey lately. And they're definitely in contention for a wild card spot. Catching Toronto in the Atlantic is definitely going to be tough. But... You never know if we can get hot on the power play again like we have lately and get some better goaltending. I think 
they have a chance down the stretch. So now looking at the Bills and their offseason and what I think they should do. So the Bills are going to have approximately 82 to $90 million in cap space. Um, looking at some of the big free agents for the Bills, you have Jordan Phillips, Shaq Lawson, Quentin Spain, Ladrian Waddle, Frank Gore, Isaiah McKenzie, Dean Marlowe, Robert Foster, and Levi Wallace. Um, and then in 2021, so next year, some big free agents in Jordan Poyer, Dawkins, Trey White, and Milano. Um, just looking at who I think they should bring back, um, Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson are definitely the most tricky just because I think Quentin Spain has to be the number one priority for the Bills in the offseason. He was great this year for the O-line, um, for an O-line that really developed along nicely throughout the year, and he allowed no sacks this year, and I think it's essential to get him back on maybe a three, four-year deal. Um, and I think Ladrian Waddle's another guy who had a lot of promise before his injury and if you bring him back on another one-year sign-it-prove-it deal, I think that'd be beneficial as well, just to add to that offensive line depth. And then after that, um, Isaiah McKenzie's also kind of um, a question mark because I think he does fit a good role in the offense that Dable does, but um, I think it's evident that Bills are going to go out and try to get free agent wide receivers or draft wide receivers, um, and I think that could bump McKenzie out or maybe be a practice squad guy. Um, I think Dean Marlowe and Levi Wallace are both guys that they should bring back. I know Levi Wallace had his struggles this year, but he's shown that he can be a capable starter. And there isn't a lot of huge free agent um, cornerbacks on the market that you won't have to pay immensely. Levi Wallace is a guy that you can kind of pay on the cheap and bring back, and hopefully he'll get a little bit better. And then you can draft or add another free agent um, cornerback to kind of compete with him and he definitely has had his bright moments as well it's not all bad for Levi um, I think Robert Foster's time in Buffalo is pretty much done I think Duke Williams pretty much stole his spot Lorenzo Alexander would have been a free agent but he retired um, Frank Gore I love Frank Gore but I don't think there's any way the Bills should bring him back you need to continue to give Devin Singletary more reps and Frank Gore really killed them in that playoff game just because Towards the end of the season, teams pretty much figured out every time Frank Gore was on the field, it was going to be a run or play-action pass. He's not involved in the passing game at all. But after you would re-sign Spain, Wallace, and Marlowe, um, and Waddle, I don't know how much cap space I would take up, but between Shaq Lawson and Jordan Phillips, if I had to bring one guy back, it would be Jordan Phillips over Shaq Lawson. Um, the biggest reason for that is you already have so much cap space tied up between Trent Murphy, Jerry Hughes. You invested a pick in Johnson last year, um, and there's some very, very good um, free agent defensive ends in free agency that I think the Bills need to go out and target. Um, and just the defensive tackle position for the Bills is kind of one that's um, up in the air. You know, they have Star Latule. Who I'm going to talk about in a minute, but outside of that, you have Ed Oliver and Harrison Phillips, who's coming off of an ACL tear, and then you have Corey Legit, who actually did a pretty nice job, and I think if you can bring him back on the cheap, too, it wouldn't be a bad deal, and then Vincent Taylor. Um, other than that, they really don't have that much depth. Phillips can get to the quarterback. My biggest concern with both Lawson and Phillips 
because they both like to talk a lot of trash and then in some of the bigger games this year they really didn't show up but I think Jordan Phillips is a guy who kind of fits the culture well um also just because it seems like the Bills are slowly fading guys out from the Rex Ryan Doug Whaley regime and Shaq Lawson's one of those guys that's kind of survived through that so I wouldn't be surprised if they just decide not to bring him back um I don't know the realistic cap numbers. Um, I know it depends on which year you would cut these players, but um, Trent Murphy and Star Latule are guys that I think they severely overpaid, especially Star. If you could get him off the books, he's your highest paid player for a guy who really doesn't do much. I know he had a few nice games specifically against Dallas and Houston, but um, he really doesn't do anything. And Ed Oliver is going to just increase his playing time going into his second year. Um, Trent Murphy's interesting. The only way I would really get rid of him is if you do get one of the big um, defensive end free agents, one of which I'm going to talk about who's kind of been linked to the Bills. But um, also, as I mentioned before, in 2021 with those four big free agents, one thing I think the Bills should do is this offseason, I think they should extend Poyer and Milano, um, extend two of the four, let Trey play out his fifth year, pick up that option, and then same thing with Dawkins. And then next offseason, you'll have enough cap space to pay both of those guys. Um, those are two guys that you don't want going anywhere, especially with Poyer getting up there in age two. I think right now giving him um, an extension be a better idea than waiting till next year. Um, if you can give him a like, two, three-year extension now, I think that will be beneficial. And Milano, same thing. Um, he's... He had an up-and-down year. I think a lot of people are going to remember him for this season for missing a tackle with Saran Neon Watson in the playoffs. But Matt Milano is a huge piece to his defense, and you saw what happened when he didn't play. Um, teams are really running on us a lot more. He's great in pass coverage, um, especially now that I think his value is high, but it can be a lot higher if you don't pay him now compared to next year. So I think if you pay Poyer, Milano this year, Dawkins, and White next year, that'd be the way to go. And going over eight potential free agents, I think the Bills should kind of target. Um, starting at number eight, DJ Reader, um, defensive tackle from Houston. I think he would complement Ed Oliver well. Um, he's more of a run-stopping defensive tackle than a pass rusher. Um, and I think him and Harrison Phillips actually would match well too just because Oliver can get after the quarterback as well. But I think just adding some defensive line depth would be huge. Um, Matt Judon, the outside linebacker for the Ravens, um, he hasn't. He's kind of played a little bit starter and bench, um, kind of been that rotate guy in. Um, I think he could help fill that Lorenzo Alexander void that's going to be left with him leaving. Um, my number six guy is actually another outside linebacker from New Orleans, AJ Klein. I just think he fits McDermott's scheme well. Um, and that he can get to the passer good against a run. And he's not great in pass coverage, but he does a good enough job. Kind of the same amount as Lorenzo, um, but a little younger. Uh, number five, I have A.J. Green. Um, A.J. Green's very interesting just because he's kind of been linked to the Bills for three to four years now, honestly. And he's such a great receiver. When healthy, he's easily a top eight, nine receiver in the entire football league. Um, he's a big body. The Bills could really use a bigger size receiver. Um, the biggest thing with Green is I'm not trying to pay him a huge load of money and give him a long-term deal. 
they'd almost be like um, giving him that one-year prove-it deal like kind of Richard Sherman did with the 49ers. I know his was like over a long period, over a three-year deal, but he had a lot of incentives built in. I wouldn't mind doing that for AJ Green, giving him a one- or two-year deal with a lot of incentives built in um, if he can get like a 1,000 yards or play 13 games each year, um, things of that nature. Number four, I have James Bradbury, cornerback for Carolina. Once again, the Carolina connection. He's good friends with Tredavious White. Um, as I mentioned before, Levi Wallace is kind of a fringe starter, but has shown the ability. Um, if you can get him for the right cap, bringing in Bradbury to pair with Tredavious White, especially for a guy who's been in the league a few years, I think it would uh, bode well for um, the Bills' defense if only getting better. Um, number three is a guy that has been linked to the Bills for quite some time now, and I think if you could add him, you'd be able to part ways with Trevor because I think Hughes and Yannick and Gakwe, the defensive end for Jacksonville, he's already made it known he's not going back to Jacksonville. Um, he's very young. I know he's going to take a little more cap space, but if you can add him with Ed Oliver, with Jerry Hughes, and then continue to develop with Edmonds and Milano, it's going to be very tough. Um, to run and pass on this defense going forward. Um, number two, I have Amari Cooper, the wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, it's pretty much been known the Bills still need one more receiver. I think John Brown proved that he can be a wide receiver one. I just think his size um, kind of hinders him in his inability to really go up and make jump ball type plays or be um, a big threat against some of these bigger, more physical corners. But John Brown's absolutely a wide receiver too, no doubt about it. 1,000 yards this year, did a lot of great things for the Bills. But I think adding a guy like Amari Cooper would be great. Although I think the Bills in the draft would also be smart to add a wide receiver in the first or second round. And my number one free agent that I think the Bills should get, and this is going to be kind of surprising to a lot of people because I think if you look at the Bills, their number one need um, – is probably um, an outside linebacker or a wide receiver, um, maybe even a defensive end. But I'm going to go with a running back here. Um, Austin Eckler, who's a restricted free agent of the Chargers, I think the combination of him and Singletary would be amazing. Just because now Dable going to his third year's offense coordinator, he's shown the ability to use Foster, McKenzie, Duke Williams, Guy... Guys with unique talents in um, great ways. He showed his ability to run trick plays and whatnot. And Eckler's a great receiving back, and that would just add another weapon for Allen. Eckler can line up in the slot, play outside, run the ball. I think the combination of him and Singletary would be killer. Um, I just think it's important for the Bills to add another um, veteran running back. I know the idea of drafting a running back high is also big. Um, on a lot of people's lists, but I just think Singletary needs to get as many reps as possible. And I don't think bringing in another rookie to compete with him compared to a veteran who he can learn from. And Eckler plays a little bit more of a role than a running back. He almost be that third down guy, and Singletary can be your first, second down, and you can put both guys on the field at the same time. So that would be my eight free agent targets for the Bills. They have a lot of cap spaces I mentioned. And then finally, going over my predictions from the beginning of the year. I did very well. So the Bills' actual record was 10-6. and six. 
My predicted record was 10-6 and six as well. You can go back to the first episode and listen to it if you don't believe me. The only two games that I got wrong was I had them losing to the Steelers and beating the Jets um, in Week 17. They beat the Steelers and lost to Jets Week 17. Um, the only reason I picked the Steelers was because really Ben Roethlisberger I thought would be playing, and obviously he got hurt. And then I didn't really know if the Jets game was going to mean anything, so I kind of just figured it was so that um, we were going to beat them. But pretty good, only getting two games wrong, getting the correct record. Um, pretty happy with that. But yeah, next week, I'm going to get into my Super Bowl prediction after this week's games. Talk about the Astros investigation and what MLB's decision was on that and kind of get my thoughts on that. I'm going to go over which or go over the coaching hires in the NFL and the grades for each team. And then finally, I'm going to talk about which NBA team this year has been the biggest surprise to me. But yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you all for tuning in. Appreciate all the support. Um, hope everyone has a great week, and I hope everyone tunes in next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you.